and since I know not a, a man. How in the world can this thing possibly be since I know not a man? That's the normal way that people get babies, young ladies. But she didn't know a man. She had never had intimate relationships with any man. How in the world, literally in the world, was she to have a baby, and particularly one who supposedly now was going to be the savior of the world? How in the world could that happen? And then there was a fellow by the name of Joseph. Remember him? Joseph. Here he was engaged. Well, he was betrothed, more than engagement. And now he's deeply troubled. He's deeply troubled because, well, he discovers that Mary is pregnant. Mary is pregnant. And how in the world could that be? Literally, how in the world could that be if she didn't have sexual relations with some man? So an angel shows up and directs himself to Joseph and said, Don't be afraid to take unto you Mary, your wife, because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Would you not consider that a miracle? A miracle, a divine miracle with an angel actually addressing a man without the man's even request? You see, without a miracle, there is no Christmas. In fact, Christmas was a miracle that without that miracle, you and I would be under a death penalty to this very day. So, in other words, we had to be delivered from that death penalty. And in the fullness of time, God, in his great mercy, reached down and sent forth his only begotten son, full of grace and truth. It was an absolute miracle. But how about the miracles that we need in our life today? How can they come about? Have you ever experienced a real miracle? It would take a miracle for that to happen, wouldn't it? Well, indeed, you're right, it would. Have you ever experienced a miracle? Why is it that some seem to experience miracles and others do not? Well, today on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about a matter of miracles, but we're also going to talk about it in the context of something that perhaps needs to be engaged in our own lives to facilitate that miraculous intervention. And so our special guest today, uh, Tammy Hotzenfeller, is joining us with her book, Fasting for Miracles. She says it's a it's a journey to seeing faith become a reality. And Tammy, it's good to have you in the program. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so very much. And yes, fasting needs to be a vital part of our lives today. Amen. Well, Tammy, uh, are you on speakerphone? I am. Would you like me to go off? Please because we're getting feedback. Okay, there we go. Mucho beta. Thank you. And uh, this matter of miracles is is something that uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of professing Christians in our country today, uh, just really uh, bypass. Uh, we've become so scientifically minded uh, that the spirit of science has overtaken uh, the spirit of God in many respects. And it has short-circuited our 
willingness and belief to experience the miraculous move of God in our hearts and our lives. In fact, it's dramatically affected our our faith so that uh, we live in a very religious world, but not necessarily that spiritual in terms of trusting God. Do you see well, that in your say, own life? Yeah. You know what I think it is? I think we are, as Americans, we're so self-sufficient. Uh-huh. We have so many resources at our fingertips. Um, if I can't do it, I have a friend that can do it. If I they can't do it, I have a bank account. If they can't do it, and to be honest, coming to church, being right with God, going to the Word of God, going to God Himself is a last resort. And I honestly think one thing the pandemic did is it caused us to maybe begin to wake up and to realize that we need God. You know, there's over 150 miracles in the Bible. And yet, for some reason... You counted every one of them, huh? Well, you know what? I've done a lot of research. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Okay. Good for you. And, you know, miracle story after miracle story. And it's everything from needing a miracle in my marriage, to needing a miracle with a wayward child, to needing a miracle with my finances, to needing a miracle with my health. And I'm telling you, I'm telling your listeners, we have to press back into the supernatural God of the universe that loves us so deeply, that cares so deeply for us and truly wants us to experience miracles, to experience Him. Because do you know what a miracle does? Not only does a miracle meet my need, but a miracle reminds me that I am surrounded by a divine God that loves me and hears me. Absolutely. My wife and I, uh, 56 years of marriage, have experienced many a miracle. Uh, there are various types. I uh, remember one day when uh, I had been encouraged, after growing up in the church and so on, I had been encouraged to go to a, a uh, men's retreat, which they called an advance. And uh, I went. Uh, I didn't have the finances to go. So a contractor paid my way. And uh, so I went somewhat reluctantly. And during that particular weekend, my faith was so dramatically changed and increased in trusting God, trusting his word. And I came back from that and uh, told my wife, I said, we have a four-year-old daughter here who is very, very seriously sick. Uh, she has had to be rushed into the hospital in the middle of the night many times to have uh, epinephrine uh, pumped into her heart uh, because of serious allergy and uh uh, it, it, it was just terrifying, terrifying. Her eyes were sunken deep in their sockets, uh, blackened. Mm-hmm. Our whole large church knew about her situation. Many had uh, prayed for her, but she still persisted in this condition. So I said to my wife after coming back, we have a daughter that we need to pray for. And the Bible says that uh, we should lay hands on the sick and they should recover. So Let's do that. Uh, we had never done that before, by the way, in that way. And uh, immediately, our four-year-old daughter, after we prayed and thanked the Lord for touching her, she oh. said, can I have a chocolate cookie? Oh. Well, she knew that chocolate cookies had lecithin in them, which is a milk product, and she was deathly oh. allergic to all milk products. Oh. So she turns around at four years of age, and she says, can I have a chocolate cookie? Oh. And we said... Well, don't you think we ought to go a little slower on this thing, honey? She said, in her four-year-old 
stubbornness, I guess you could say. She said, you don't really believe I'm healed, do you? Wow. We'll pick on that after the break. We're talking with uh, Tammy Hansman-Biller concerning her book, Fasting for Miracles. Much more to talk about today. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Miracles are all around us. Do we recognize them? Have you ever experienced one? And if so, why do you think perhaps you haven't? Every day somebody's receiving a miracle. Are you receiving a miracle from the Lord? Well, let me just finish quickly that little story about my four-year-old daughter, our our oldest daughter. Uh, Her name is Nicole, and she happens to be my right-hand assistant in this ministry for the past 30 years. And... She turned to her mother and I and said, you don't really believe that I'm healed, do you? We said, honey, don't you think we should go a little slower on this thing? So we were in a quagmire, Tammy. We were in a terrible quagmire. By the way, there's a lot of noise going on in the background uh, here on the phone. Just want you to know that. Oh, yeah, not on my end. Go ahead. Okay. So in any event, uh, we were kind of trapped. So we said, okay, we looked at one another, we gave her that chocolate cookie, and she had no reaction. Hmm. None. This is the first time ever. Yeah. Then we took her out. Oh, she had her first glass of milk as well. No reaction. So we took her out a couple of days from then after a Sunday evening service to uh, celebrate her healing with a couple of friends her age. And she had her first bowl of ice cream, no reaction. Praise God. This was the first time ever in her life that she had no reaction from anything related to a milk product. Mm. And hasn't since. And that's a miracle story. And hasn't since. You know, one thing we've experienced uh, at our church, we're here in Southern California, and my husband and I started Influence Church 10 years ago. And when you walk in our lobby, there is a prayer wall, like the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, Mm. and it's filled with over 70,000 prayer requests. Mm -hmm. And above it, it says, prayer wall, expect a miracle. And it's open to our community to come and to stand and pray and to submit requests. Mm. Because what I believe is until you expect a miracle... You may not see a miracle. You know, if you know anything about the scripture in Matthew 17, when Jesus came to the disciples and they were confused why in the world they could not call the demon out of the little boy. Right. He looked and he said, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. So you think there's a link between fasting and Mm -hmm. uh, miracles oftentimes? Well, I do. I believe that. I believe between, first of all, prayer and fasting. I believe sometimes fasting can supercharge our, our prayers. Sometimes people get stuck with their prayer life. Sometimes they don't know how to push through and persevere. And But what happens when we fast, we actually are sacrificing our flesh. Mm-hmm. We're giving up something we have, something we have control over, and we're submitting it to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We are not gratifying the desires of our flesh. We are on our own initiative giving it as an offering. And I do believe that when we do that, that God knows what we're doing is tempering everything we have, submitting to him, his power, his authority, his miracles. And so I I, I like to tell people, to be honest with you, when I'm interviewed, that it's not as though if I if I fast that God's going to give me my miracle. Mm-hmm. It's when I fast God's going to show me my heart. God's ah. going to show me who I am. God's going to push in. There's no magic dust. There's no you know foo foo pill that you can take and and appease a holy and righteous God. But I do believe that when we come with what we have, we come with a sincere heart. We come with a righteous heart before God that we can do something internally and externally to stand before God and to beseech him for our miracles. All right. Now, we see in the Bible that Jesus fasted. He was led after the miraculous Mm -hmm. baptism and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. comes upon him. And it says immediately he was led into the wilderness to be tested. And for Mm -hmm. 40 days and 40 nights, Mm -hmm. he was tested. He neither ate nor drank. Now, that's something that we don't advise people to do. Uh, right. Eating, that's one thing. Drinking, yes, you, you still need that sustenance. But Jesus was in a major, major fast. Now, why would mm-hmm. Jesus have to fast? If he's the son, the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth, why would Jesus have to fast? Well, you have to remember, and I know you know, he is fully God and he is fully man. He is the man, you know, the man God. He is 100%. So he was tested in every way we were tested, tempted in every way we were tempted, yet without sin, the only sinless Son of God. And it, we, to be honest with you, it gives me great comfort to know that my God, Jesus, took on humanity for me and was tempted in every way. So what greater testimony for us as his children to realize if he fasted in the wilderness, that we need to fast in the wilderness. And you know, the beautiful part of the story, as you've mentioned, is that Satan came to him, and he tempted him with those great temptations, Mm -hmm. the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the very areas in our life that were tempted and tested, we see our Lord and Savior Jesus role modeling fasting right there. And of course, we know Moses fasted 40 days on, on Mount Sinai. We know that Elijah fasted, and Elisha fasted, and Hannah fasted, and and Nehemiah fasted, and Daniel fasted, and the apostles fasted. So we see fasting throughout the whole Bible, Old and New Testament. I believe it's something that maybe we've said um, is not relevant today, or we feel like when Jesus spoke to the disciples and he said, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, don't walk around with this somber, sad face. And so they're almost as if in, in Christianity today, well, Jesus is against fasting because he doesn't want us to have that somber face. No, he says, when you fast, don't be like that. You know what, Tammy? I think that one of the big problems is that uh, professing Christians in large measure believe in what is called cessationism. Yes. They don't believe, uh, and, and quite frankly, I was part of that group. <laughs> I grew up in the mm-hmm. church. And... Yeah. Uh, I, I was part of that group for a long, long time that just mm-hmm. didn't believe that the miracles worked for today, uh, mm-hmm. that so many of the things that Jesus talked about, the apostles talked about, were not for today. They went out with the apostles. Right. Now, if right. you have that thinking, you couple that with the spirit of science, that uh, mm-hmm. everything is rationalistic and scientific, uh, scientific, then you basically have walled off the mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in major mm-hmm. ways, 
And you're not walking as a truly spiritual, trusting being to God, but you're walking separately and independent from him, trusting one thing and one thing only, and that is, well, I made that confession of faith 40 years ago to Billy Graham rally, and that was the beginning and the end, so on with my life. Right. Well, we definitely have a limiting faith mindset with that. I, like you, grew up in a wonderful Christian Southern Baptist home, but I wasn't taught fasting. I wasn't taught that as a discipline in my life, and I'm so grateful for being educated in a Southern Baptist University mm-hmm. and in a Southern Baptist seminary. So I'm grateful for that, and I learned the Word of God, but I did not learn about fasting. And to be honest, it wasn't until my husband and I started this church 10 years ago when we needed a miracle. We were mm-hmm. looking to buy a building, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. We had put down everything we had accumulated in our first year of existence, and we were buying a building. I might add it was the United States Post Office we were buying. <laughs> we just believed that God wanted it for us. And at the last moment, the gentleman who was going to fund um, that for us pulled out. Mm. And the only option we had, thank God, was to go to God. And we as a church went to God in prayer and fasting for 21 days. And the miraculous happened. Someone from we don't even know, came out of nowhere, which is exactly what miracles are. Mm-hmm. And he said, I heard you have a need, and I want to help you with your need. Wow. And we were able to buy that building, which today is a prayer wall in it. And I, I think until we, we don't have any other resources but Jesus, we don't expect miracles. I, I tell the story in the beginning of the book that I was that young seminary student when we had our first child. Mm-hmm. And he was born with um, his lungs had collapsed, and we were told he wouldn't make it through the night. And I'll be honest with you, that young 21-year-old girl, 22-year-old girl that was in the intensive care ward that night had to believe God for a miracle. This woman who was going into ministry that would be a pastor's wife that would stand and proclaim the goodness of God had to exercise faith that night. And I think until we believe God can, we won't see God do it. Well, you know, it's been said that necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say necessity is the mother of fasting. Uh, yeah. Unless you come to the place of necessity, uh, most people are not going to consider fasting. It's just business as usual. So what brings you, other than just necessity, uh, why is it that more people don't fast? Well, I think, first of all, just we're uneducated, to be honest. As I mentioned, I did not grow up learning about fasting. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up learning about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I was in a very a pretty strict, legalistic um, home and church, and mm-hmm. again, being grateful for that. But when I began to pursue and press the things into the things of God, read the Word of God, go on prayer walks, everything shifted. I began to see God in a way I'd never seen Him before. And you cannot omit fasting from the Word of God. You can't omit it from the Old Testament. You can't omit it from the New Testament. You can't omit miracles from the Old Testament or the New Testament. And these are relevant disciplines that I believe God wants us to really press in prayer and fasting. And, you know, miracles, I I asked someone the other day, if if you had a prayer request, you had a wayward child, you had financial needs, you had cancer, and you only had God to go to, and so you went to him in prayer, and he answered your prayer. Would that not be a miracle? Well, I, I mean, think so. Why are we so afraid to use the word miracle today? It's because it takes it outside our control, and we're afraid that we'll we'll be mocked, 
as uh, some hyper-spiritual person out there. Uh, we don't want to be set aside as uh, somebody unique. And uh, so I think that strikes a lot of fear and, and trepidation into people. Plus, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a very weak faith, mm-hmm. very weak faith. And uh, the reason I know a lot about that is because I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. very similar to you, it's just a different domination. My father was a pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, his father was a pastor. And uh, so we talked about faith, but we didn't see too much of the living by faith. Right. It's one thing right. to uh, to talk about faith and believe in faith, but to truly take God at his word and trust him by faith, that's a whole different ballgame. And that's what changed my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I find it interesting that the Bible tells us that even the demons believe and shudder. And so many of us, what I like to teach and coach is you have to go from believing to expecting. Because we can believe, but the, but the demons believe. Mm-hmm. The difference is when you shift to where there's not another option except to expect it. To me, it's on, it's on its way. You know, we have a precious little granddaughter we've been praying for right now for two years. Mm. And I, in Jesus' name, know she's completely healed because I'm expecting it. And every day I wake up expecting it, not hoping, not even just believing. And I think what happens is when we go deeper in our faith and we begin to speak with authority to Jesus, that we call down the kingdom to earth. And to be honest with you, I walk a very strong path with God. I I decree, I declare, I believe. And if for some reason God shifts what he wants to give me and bring to me, he walks with me through that. He teaches me through that. But I would rather be a person with deep conviction and faith than someone who just hopes so. Mm. Well, uh, we're talking about uh, the word becoming reality in our lives, that it's not just something out there. It's not something we believe in theory, but we actually walk it out and we're living in the spirit by the spirit and therefore expecting the uh, fruit of the spirit in its all of its manifestations, including mm-hmm. God's intervention miraculously in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, amen. I mean, I think that's it. If you don't, you know, if, if you're not walking in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. And we have those two options every day, every one of us. You know, so I, I'll be honest, when I wrote this book, it truly did shift me. You know, I had a pretty unique experience uh, in writing this book. I, I, I want to set it up for your your listening audience, I uh-huh. was in Peru speaking at, for the International Women's Day by an invitation of the president of Peru, and it actually was March 11th, 2020. And, um, it, of course, we know that's when the pandemic broke out, and I was one of the last flights out of Peru, Cusco, mm. Peru, and the last flight to land at LAX here in California. And I remember the next morning waking up. Now, this was before mass mandates. This was before any kind of lockdown. And I want your listeners to understand that we can converse with God. We can talk to Him. It's called prayer, Mm -hmm. that He wants to give us insight and wisdom and revelation. And I was on my prayer walk that next day, and I remember saying, God, what's happening? We were hearing something called COVID-19. We were hearing that it was deadly. We didn't know what it was. 
and I was walking on the street, and, and I don't have a lot of supernatural encounters with God or visions, but this day I did. All right, I want and you I to hold that thought because we're okay. going into a break. Perfect, perfect. Perfect. We want, to, we want to be on pins and needles to hear what you have to say. We'll be right back, friends. The book, Fasting for Miracles, $20 on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Fasting and Miracles, that's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. Our special guest, Tammy Hotspintiller, uh, Piller, with her book, Fasting for Miracles. $20 is going to put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, and I believe it will encourage your life it may even change your life dramatically tammy you were in the midst of setting us up for a miracle tell us what was going on i had i had mentioned that i was just coming back from cusco peru on mm-hmm. march 11th right at the beginning of the pandemic and i was walking on a prayer walk and i was asking god god what is happening and don't be afraid to ask god what is happening right don't be afraid to have an encounter with him and engage with him and he wants to speak and this particular day, I was walking down the street, and Chuck, I saw I saw an arrow shoot, and on that arrow, it said the word fear, and it was pointing to a sea of humanity. I just saw people everywhere with this arrow. Oh, yeah. And as quickly as that went away, a second arrow came, and it said dissension, and I saw steeples, churches everywhere. And the third arrow came, and it said confusion, and there was a globe that was spinning, and I remember it was so rare. I don't have those types of visions. And I uh-huh. said, God, what is happening? And he said, pray against the arrows. Pray against the arrows. And it so shook me. Hmm. I came straight home. I wrote it in my journal. And God said, in my spirit, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And, you know, the thing we all realize now, two years later, that the enemy came and he shot an arrow of fear. Oh, yeah. He shot an arrow of dissension to the local churches. Churches were fighting with one another. We were fighting with each other. Well, it's not just churches. It's the whole country fighting within itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I remember being on my walk and I just said, God, what, what do you want me to do? And he just kept saying to me, fasting with God, fasting with God. Mm. And I had been fasting for a few years, but I realized to, to the point there is power and breakthrough in fasting. Something happens when we temper our flesh. Something happens when I don't allow my desires to be 
to be nourished by food. It's really just my to be nourished by God. And so I went on a fast, and I wrote a book called Fasting with God. This mm-hmm. was in 2021, and I walked through 21 of the Hebrew names of God. And we took our church through this fast, and it just changed our church. Our church began to intimately become acquainted with the Hebrew names of God, mm-hmm. Elohim and Yahweh and Jehovah. And to be honest with you, I just kept pursuing him. God, what? More, more, there's more, there's deeper. And, of course, the pandemic for two years has just been confusing, confusing to all of us and threatening and fearful. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, write a book, Fasting for Miracles. Mm. Tammy, you need to see miracles. And to be honest with you, I love our country. I love America. I'm so grateful to be in this country. And so I just started fasting for America. I started fasting for miracles in our church, mm-hmm. people with cancer, people that couldn't get pregnant, people that were having struggles in their marriages. And I just began to fast for these miracles. And that's when um, I connected with Charisma. I love Charisma mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Strang. And he said, why don't you write a book, Fasting for Miracles? And so, of course, it's been my honor to work with Charisma House on this book. I'm so proud to, to be a part of that ministry. But God took me deeper for 21 yeah. days, 21 miracles in the book, and 21 passages on fasting. And every day I combined a miracle story with a fasting story. And for 21 days we're seeking God uh, for our miracle. All right. Well, that's uh, that sets up a pattern. They say that if you... Uh... Uh, want to change a pattern in your life, it takes about 21 days to establish mm-hmm. a new one. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, that, that fits that uh, mode right there. Uh, and you said that you were praying for our country. You felt urgent, uh, an urgent need to do that. And it mm-hmm. brings back a memory of 1996. In 1996, the Lord moved upon my heart powerfully to... Uh, to write an open letter to the spiritual leaders of America. And uh, I was under such a burden that my wife said, Chuck, you've got to get out of here and hear from God. And so she found a place called uh, Prayer Mountain in Colorado, above above Colorado Springs, and set it up for me to go there for a week of prayer and fasting. And I did. And... Uh, Ultimately, as a result of that week of prayer and fasting, it extended to 21 days. <laughs> you can see the significance here. 21 days. And uh, as I left that week of prayer and fasting, I ascended to the top of America's mountain, Pikes Peak, where America the Beautiful was written by Catherine Lee Bates. And uh, I was moved to change that open letter to a lawsuit. Jehovah God, the Lord of Nations, versus the spiritual leaders of America, a.k.a. pastors, parachurch leaders, broadcasters, authors, and so on, as defendants. And it was a spiritual lawsuit. Uh, And I served it on 300 of the most prominent Christian leaders of the land. Literally served this lawsuit on them. And uh, it was a, a warning to the country. It was a response. I believe God had inspired a response uh, to uh, to this desperate sense of need uh, to speak into the heart and life of the church in America. When Adrian Rogers got that, one of the foremost uh, Southern Baptist pastors at that time, I met him at the National Religious Broadcasters, excuse me, at Fasting and Prayer 96 in St. Louis, there in, in 1996. 
and introduced myself. And he said, Chuck, you're the guy. He said, when I got that, I thought, I wonder what kook sent this to me. But then as I began to read it, he said, I realized this was no kook. This is what we needed. And ultimately endorsed my book, Renewing the Soul of America. So there's no, there's no way that we can move forward seriously, I think, in the ways, uh, the word, the will, and the ways of God without linking fasting to our prayers and our walk of faith. Well, amen. I have to say, you have said two of my favorite words, Adrian Rogers and St. Louis. <laughs> I, am, I am from St. Louis. Really? And Adrian Rogers uh, mentored uh, my husband and I. We love Adrian. He was mm-hmm. a, a friend. and um, well, He um, also had a wonderful basso profundo voice. He, he's, you know what we used to say? He had the voice of God. <laughs> Adrian had the voice of God. But to, but to your point, and thank you. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for you know, being willing to risk everything to stand up for a conviction. And that's something that I don't know that we see um, as much as maybe even years ago. I, you know, I don't know about you. Well, I do know your age maybe, but... You know, I was a part of that wonderful Jesus movement, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the late 60s. And I remember what happened to America. I remember the move of the Holy Spirit as it started on the soil here in California. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit began to move across our country. And I'm telling you, Chuck, right now, if we don't have a movement, if the church doesn't wake up and rise up, um, God can do whatever He wants. Holy Spirit can come. He doesn't need us to woo Him or call Him or plead with Him. He can come when He wants. But I do believe the church is responsible and accountable to have prayer meetings and to seek God. And we know what Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn. And that's what we have to do in America. The right. church has become just so watered down. We don't know a believer from a non-believer today. Well, one of the reasons for the lack of turning from our wicked ways is we don't recognize that we have any. Uh, right. It's always them. It's always somebody else. And uh, so we project all of the problems on somebody else, whether it's the liberals, the abortionists, sick loyalty, or the White House or whatever. And uh, I think what fasting does when God moves upon our hearts in a sense of desperation, God, nothing's going to happen unless mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, my my. Uh, son-in-law of my oldest daughter, uh, was the son of a uh, chief in Ghana, West Africa. Mm. And in Ghana, they have a, a, a saying, it's a phrase, it's like a national motto. It's called Jiname, which means, but for God. Mm. But God. If God isn't in it, if God isn't doing it, we're in deep trouble. Well, amen, and I think what that's the point to you starting this whole conversation. We don't believe in miracles today, and many of us don't even believe in God today. I mean, churches have watered down the accountability that we will all stand before a righteous God one day. Um, we have become, again, very um, self-sufficient, uh, very um, obsolete from God, and y- if you have been in a third-world country and you see people that are hungry for God, you see the move of God. And that's my prayer for America. Mm. My prayer is that we truly would repent. And, you know, it's interesting, Chuck, so many of the stories that I refer to in the book are passages when Israel 
walked away from God. They were mm-hmm. rebellious against God. They right. sought the gods of Baal. It's, and uh, ironically, that was when they returned and fasted. Whether it was with Daniel or Nehemiah or Joel, it's when the nation of Israel was so rebellious and they turned and then God called them to repent and consecrate themselves and to come back with fasting and prayer. And there, we are no different than our forefathers. We must do the same thing as a nation. We must turn around and see God's face. Well, here is the, uh, the prophet Daniel and, uh, he was said by Jesus to be one of the most three most spiritual men, godly men in the Bible. And yet he cried out to the Lord in fasting and in prayer. In fact, there's even a form of fasting called the Daniel fast. Right, right. Uh, but he realized that, uh, you know, God was ministering to him in a profound way through prophecy for the end of the age. And at one point, it was so overwhelming to him that he was just broken down in in fasting and in prayer and in waiting on the Lord. And uh, if if a guy like Daniel would be called to do that, uh, the more so, I think, us. Oh, well, I think absolutely. I think, you know, we look at, you mentioned the Daniel fast, and that is one of the fasts that we read about in the Bible. And, um, you know, I just, I, I want to say this. I find it interesting. Chuck, I'd love your, your opinion on this, because we live in a day where so many Americans today are doing what's called intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. It's something that's cleansing for our body. If you're on social media, about every right. third advertisement is intermittent fasting. And my question is, well, isn't it just like the devil, the enemy, to try to make fasting something that is to secularize it yeah exactly we'll be right back after this friends fasting for miracles have you ever considered what the early church was like many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as christians a recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of america's churches in frustration What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Fasting for miracles. Actually fasting to see God work in our lives in ways that otherwise we're just not seeing. The book, $20 on our website, saveus.org. I trust that you'll get it to be inspired, encouraged, strengthened, have your faith built? $20 on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage in hand, make men made all should always pray and not faint. But does not... 
prayer, excuse me, does not fasting serve as an intensification of our prayer, Tammy? Well, absolutely it does. I mean, I think it takes us to a whole nother level. You know, that's my, my comment before we went to break is the enemy wants to make fasting something that's only in the physical realm. Exactly. But and I'm, not, I'm not ignoring your question either. We're going to get to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I just I find it just very interesting. Of course, Pastor, what it does is it gets it keeps me focused. It teaches me, as I said, not to gratify the desires of the flesh. I'm going to tell you, Chuck, when I'm fasting, those first few days, it's difficult. But every time my stomach growls, mm. it's a moment to prompt me to pray. Every time I feel weak in my flesh, it's to rem- remind me that I cannot gratify the flesh. It reminds me that I have to press into the Spirit, that I have to renew myself. Fasting is one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that a Christian can do to remind them that they are flesh and that the Holy Spirit can be the power in their life. Absolutely. In fact, uh, this is even uh, stirring in my own mind and heart. Uh, I have been sensing for a while uh, that God was calling me to another uh, period of uh, fasting, and uh, I think this is just confirming that. Uh, Mm -hmm. you and I are engaged in very serious business. Uh, this is, this is life and death stuff that we're dealing with. And, uh, I sense in the tenor of your voice, I can even see the affect of your, your face. I'm looking at Mm -hmm. your, your face on the back of your book, but I'm, I'm sensing it even more intensely as I listen to your voice, Tammy. And, uh, these are very serious times and what... Mm -hmm. Getting to the question that you asked, why all of this intermittent fasting thing out there? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as, shall we say, misappropriating the word apocalyptic, mm-hmm. misappropriating the word Armageddon. Mm-hmm. All of these things are actually diluting the mm-hmm. real spiritual substance sure. and message so sure. that when people actually should be preparing for serious times, mm-hmm. they are actually having those serious times watered down to the point mm-hmm. where a most recent ad on television is advertising something called Barmageddon. Mm-hmm. Barmageddon. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, reducing Barking. it into mm-hmm. just nothing but a radical blasphemous clubbing situation yeah yeah well you know the enemy will always mock the word of god he will always um you know he loves to distort the word of god and what he's doing he's trying to make it common check mm-hmm. this is very good here exactly if i can make fasting common and not a spiritual discipline then people can fast because believe me i believe first of all we're meant to physically fast you know, the first meal of our day we call is breakfast, because I think our bodies <laughs> uh-huh. do need to detox. I think we do need, God created us to have a period of going without food. That's true, 100%. But if all we see is the physical side of fasting, and we don't see where the Word of God tells us to fast for spiritual breakthrough, to fast for spiritual miracles, to fast for our own well-being, then you're never going to truly understand what fasting is about. So be honest, there's, sure, there's benefits when I fast to my physical body, but that's not the purpose for me. Now, there are times, honestly, I do fast during the year that I'm fasting for physical reasons, or maybe you have to fast for a medical procedure. Our bodies need that. But if your intent and your mind and your focus 
and your discipline is a spiritual fast, that's a whole different thing. And remember, the enemy will always distort and try to make common the Word of God. That is so accurately spoken. I, Sister, I really appreciate your spirit. I really do. Uh, <laughs> it, is not, it is not frequent that someone will speak with such clarity on subjects like this. They're more well, interested I, in selling a book than they yeah, are in speaking yeah. spiritual clarity. Well, well, Chuck, you know what? I have to laugh. We'll talk. We'll talk one day about this. But you know how the enemy just even tried to not get me on this this show today, <laughs> and that was just that's just how the enemy works because you have no idea how diligent I am with things like this. So yeah. I have to laugh and say, Satan, you didn't win today. Well, there is a We're reason they call audience. me. Some call me the Hound of Heaven. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? That's what I hate. That's a quote from Adrian Rogers' brother. That's what he used to say. <laughs> I love that. You know, I, I want to leave you with another distortion that is totally off, um, but it's just grieving my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's something you can dialogue with even down the road with other people. But the first miracle in the Bible is the miracle of creation. So my, day one, mm-hmm. I walk you through the miracle of creation, and that is mankind. Of course, he spoke the sun and the moon and the stars and the plant life and the Mm -hmm. animal life and everything. But then he spoke us into life. And so we're made in his image. And that is the very thing the enemy is attacking today is the image of humanity. And in Genesis 127, the Bible says, and God created male and female, Mm -hmm. he created them. And what the enemy is doing right now is he, he is justifying you know, transgender identity right now that's going on with this very thing, male and female, he is creating them. And they are trying to take that adjective, them, as a third gender. And we just have to realize that the enemy will always try to distort the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You're, ab- you're, you're absolutely right. We're at a situation right now where the creative order and the Creator are being uh, confronted by humanity, by our leaders, even by many pastors, with a a, a clenched fist and Mm -hmm. saying, you may say this, but we disagree. Right. And that's exactly what Satan did. So he says, I will ascend to the heights of the north. I will be like the Most High God. And that's what he's doing. He's turning us as human beings into a counterfeit godhood. And what you did not know is that I have just recently concluded and uh, been promoting our new book called Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Guess what? If you take all of the religions of the world and you take the spirit of science, and you take what's happening through technology, and all of these different facets, the end result is you and I, Satan is taking you and I and making us to become God in his image. We are becoming our own Messiah. It is the most amazing deception that uh, you can possibly imagine. No wonder Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. And how great the deception would be. Well, if we're fasting uh, with a proper biblical and and spiritual understanding, then it helps to protect us, I think, against the wiles of the evil one. What say you? 
Amen. Amen. Well, I, again, I think over and over, what did they do when they finally came to a place of brokenness? They turned to God in repentance, in confession, in prayer, and fasting. And so to me, it, it's a simple recipe. Um, it's exactly what God tells us to do. You know, the, the passage I referred to earlier, when they could not cast out the, the demon out of the, the little boy, Jesus mm-hmm. said, you are a perverse and unbelieving generation. Wow. Two things, two things. Perverse, which just means worldly. Mm-hmm. That, that word literally translates worldly. So you are a worldly and unbelieving generation. And then the next verse, and he says, but some things by prayer and fasting. And what I love about the Word of God is he shows us the problem, and then he gives us the solution. Mm-hmm. And we are unbelieving, and we are perverse in our thoughts and mindsets, behavior. But if we turn, and if we pray and fast, we indeed will see breakthrough. All right. And, of course, that's uh, what your book is written for. And uh, so real quickly, then, I think many people are familiar with various kinds of fasting. Uh, you talk about the absolute fast, the partial fast, the juice or liquid fast, the Daniel fast, and so on. Uh, what is What kind of fast are you actually really seriously encouraging people to engage in? Well, as I mentioned... I believe, are you there, Chuck? Oh, yes. Okay. You know, I believe that there are multiple fasts, the Daniel fast, as we mentioned, but um, I personally do a partial fast. Mm -hmm. I do a sun-up to sun-down fast, Mm -hmm. and so I don't eat anything during the day, and uh, that's just my time to pray. That's my time to believe God for my miracle. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, somebody might say to me, well, Tammy, I, I have health problems. I can't fast. Mm-hmm. And I say, I say to them, everyone can fast something. Mm-hmm. Everyone can fast something. You don't have to go without food all day, but you can fast sugar or carbohydrates, alcohol, whatever it is you are supposed to fast. But I do believe that it, God looks at our heart um, and that it's an offering unto him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going on the absolute fast uh, for 21 days. And uh, I began to realize that it was affecting my health. Uh, and it did, in fact, affect my health. But I do mm-hmm. think that fasting, an absolute fast for a week, uh, most people can sustain that. And uh, if, you've, if you're coming into the fast uh, healthy and strong, on the other hand, if you have something like hypoglycemia, uh, mm-hmm. something like that, you need to mm-hmm. uh, take precautions. And, uh, but again, the heart of the matter is the heart and that's Mm -hmm. what you are after. That's what God is after. Uh, he's not about us, uh, crawling up the, the steps of the stone, uh, cathedral and bloody our knees in some sort of a self-sacrifice in that sense. We're not going to earn our salvation this way, are we? Right. No, and, you know, that's, again, what Jesus referred to. And honestly, Chuck, I think that's why so many Christian denominations don't practice fasting today, because they have this image that we don't have to do anything to earn our salvation. Right. We don't have to fast. We don't have to. But that has nothing to do with fasting. Well, that's it's even it's even about. been taken so far as to we don't even have to obey God, because that's works. Yeah, well, I don't Think know about the perverseness. in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really. Well, there's a reason why the word obey has become the most hated word in the church today, mm-hmm. as admitted mm-hmm. by uh, 
uh, probably 15, 20 pastors who have joined me on mm-hmm. this program over the past wow. several years. Wow. So we're in wow. that position. You say fasting and, uh, and, and prayer is a matter of obedience, right? Amen. 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 Well, you know, we know in the last days that men will be lovers of self. And how, how interesting that everyone wants to sit around with their iPhones taking selfies today. Yeah. You know, we are living in a day of self. No one wants to obey. No one wants to have boundaries. No one wants to have convictions. So I say get back to prayer and fasting. Get on your face before God, and let's see a revival. Wow. What a way to wrap it up. And uh, where in California are you, Tammy? We are we are in Orange County, California, Anaheim. A lot of people know Disney. We, right. we pray for Disney. We pray for our governor. But I'll say this, Chuck. I'm not giving up on California. I'm <laughs> believing that there's good seed. In this good soil, we saw the Azusa Street Revival, we saw right. the Jesus Movement Revival, and we're going to see another revival in California. Well, that's going to take a miracle. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Oh, well, what you didn't know was that I spent 30 years in Southern California as a trial oh, lawyer in, Cal- in Pasadena, California, until the Lord spoke to my heart, saying, Son, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice mm. to the church, declaring vision mm. for the nation, America's greatest crisis hour. So wow. there we get both of our stories in there. Thank you so Amen. much, Tammy. You're a real blessing, sister. It was sister. a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Chuck. I truly, truly thank you. This was a God-divine appointment. Well, this will be up on our website this evening and probably for a year. Uh, It was aired live today, but will be up on the website. Fasting for Miracles, friends. Get a copy of the book. It'll encourage you. $20 on our website, saveus.org. And I trust that by faith, you will begin to fast for your miracle. And for all of us, we've got to have change that we can really believe in and the blessings of God will flow. Thanks so much for joining us. Become a partner, send your gifts by faith. Friends to Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. God bless and let's be fasting for miracles. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.